0: The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. I want to get into the Word this morning, and I want us to expect something. Sometimes when you get few in number or the summertime uh, temperatures rise... We can come in here and maybe check out a little bit, but I want us to overcome the temperatures and maybe a few empty chairs and really dial in with expectation this morning to really believe God for something great. And there's something about the message that I want us to celebrate this morning that might have some elements of repetition in them, but I love repetition. Repetition is a necessity. In fact, repetition makes revelation a reality. And there's often times where people want to hear something fresh and something new, But what the church really needs is to take something fresh and something new and then make it real in their everyday life. So I want to take what we're going to see today and I want us to anticipate a change and a transformation. One here in our hearts and one here in our minds. A softening of our heart, a renewal of our mind. I want to gain understanding to function and see the things that God has called us to bring into existence in this world. Success. He's called us to be successful I've known success in my life in a number of different areas. And sometimes that success has come by sheer accident where I look and I praise God and I say, that's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. But I have no idea how it happened. And God's given us his word so that we don't stumble onto success in our lives as Christians. We don't stumble onto fruitfulness, but we can make intentional choices We can be consistent in our good choices, responding to God's Word, and getting the results that He's called us to get. That's the kind of message that I want us to receive today as we get into the Word. How we can be intentional about seeing the things that we read about happening in our lives. So I want to give you a few things that we're going to find in the Word today. If you're taking notes, you can jot these down. These are things to look forward to. One, what always succeeds. What always succeeds. Now, I'm a bit different in my thought process, but I can tell you the way I think. If I heard someone offer that to me, that would be one I would dial into. Because if I could find something that would always bring about success, then I would want to apply that thing into every single element of my life. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm dealing with, whether it's pre-existing, whether it's happening in the present, or whether I'm anticipating it in the future, I want to find this guaranteed success and be prepared to apply it. We're going to find out what always succeeds. The second thing we're going to find is what Jesus's, try saying Jesus's. Isn't that weird? Jesus's. What Jesus's testimony is. What Jesus's testimony is. We'll find that here in a little bit in the Word. And then a third thing that we're going to find is what we need to talk to. What we need to talk to. What we need to talk to. Now, the point of the message today is going to be victory and success. I mean, that's ultimately what we're looking for. But the process to achieve those things, the things that we need to see in God's Word and bring into our life in order to have those things become a reality, that's actually the process that we're going to examine. I want us to consider a word that I want to become a real reality in each one of our lives. The word prophesy. Prophesy. Now, I've grown up in church circles that celebrated the idea of prophesying. Uh, Oftentimes, we'll pray for individuals or we'll have what we would call a presbytery. We'll lay hands on individuals and we'll trust that God's going to release a word into their lives, a word of encouragement or direction. I could give you a number of stories uh, from my own life and ministry where God's done great things like that. Some of them have been greatly encouraging. Some of them have been encouraging Because they involved correction. Sometimes those words have been very clear. And they've been uh, words that I have felt and I've shared them verbally. Other times it's been things that I've seen and I've shared that thing that I've seen. But God's called each one of us to prophesy. In fact, in the scripture, the Apostle Paul says, oh, that you all would prophesy. Now there's something that we've done as a church which I don't like. I really don't like this. Prophesying has become almost a spectator sport. Where there's a few people that are gifted in this thing that is a little bit strange to us, but we're fascinated with it. So we love to have those people come and perform this act in front of us. And it causes us to feel like we're in a functioning and active church where the things that are supposed to be happening are happening. Now, unfortunately, that's kind of good. And we want things to be really good. The reality is God's called each one of us to function and operate in prophecy every day of our lives. But that's going to have to be a place where we understand what that is. It's going to require us to understand what prophesying is. I want to give you some definitions here, and we're going to end on a definition that is my personal favorite. And I think as we get a grip on the definition, it's really going to make this thing become very, very necessary in each one of our lives. We're going to see it as something that we need. We're going to see it as a priority to be pursued, to be sought after, and to be practiced. So, to prophesy, you're going to the dictionary here, we're we're not looking for anything inspired beyond Webster's. So, we look up the word prophesy, we're going to find a few different definitions, to make inspired declarations of what is to come. Now, a lot of times the church stops there and we take prophecy as predicting the future. Now, that's not necessarily... All that prophecy is, though God knows the end from the beginning. And by the way, prophecy in that sense is what sets us apart from any other faith. You can go through the scripture, the Bible that we celebrate, the word that we stand on, and we see that God has revealed things to come before they come to pass with incredible accuracy. I honestly don't see how anybody wouldn't be a Christian if they would just read this book. And to me, that's why the Word says that eyes are blind and veils are placed over people because if you could see clearly and see the things that God has written before they've come to pass and see how accurately they've come to pass, it would be very difficult not to believe. Prophecy is an amazing confirmation of the truth and the reality of the faith that we celebrate. But other definitions include the following. To prophesy to speak as a mediator between God and mankind. Well, I think we're getting a little warmer to where I want to go as it concerns that definition. Because that definition involves two different people groups. One is a person in God, individual, singular. And then the other is a group, mankind. And then somewhere in the middle you have the one prophesying. That would be me, that would be you. Now, a third definition, to prophesy, and this is my personal favorite. It's the one that we're going to stand on as we get into the Word here. To reveal the will or the message of God. To reveal the will or the message of God. Now, I love the concept of this definition. It's simple, it's brief, it's not complicated, But to understand what those words are saying, you have to understand the words that make it up. The individual words in the sentence. To reveal. To reveal means something's there, but people can't see it. Something is right there, it's present, but yet people are not aware of it. Whether they're not aware of it visually or physically in any way, shape, or form. It's there, but it can't be seen unless it's revealed. And it's the role of the one prophesying to reveal it. The it in this situation is exclusive. It can't just be anything. It has to be the will or the message of God. So as we're prophesying, in this world we are revealing what God's will is. We're revealing what His message is. I want to give a few passages of Scripture here that emphasize the importance of knowing what God's will is. Knowing what His message is. I remember growing up as a kid being told it was important to read my Bible. And for the longest time, that was just an academic activity. It was to read in order to do something. It was a righteous act that was meant to make me a stronger Christian, and it was only limited to memorization, nothing active in it. But then as I began to have things activated in my spirit, when I became born again, and when the Spirit of God began to move and direct me, I became aware of why it was important to read the Scripture. Because I'm called to know what the will of God is. I'm called to know what His message is. You're called to know what the will of God is, and you're called to know what His message is, so that you can then reveal it to the world. So that I can reveal it to the world. It's not just to make me a smarter Christian. It's to make me an effective minister. It's to equip me to prophesy, to look into any situation, to look into any circumstance, to stare down that circumstance and reveal what God says about it rather than what the world says about it. To prophesy. So it's important for us to know what God says about things so that we can be equipped to go and reveal what God says to the world. I want to give you a few passages of Scripture that show how important it is to know what God is saying. Psalm 85 verse 8. Psalm 85 verse 8 is going to reveal to us what God is saying to His people. You may have to read between the lines a little bit here, but I'm okay with that. I want you to catch this passage of Scripture. Psalm 85 verse 8, I will hear what the Lord will say. Now we have to stop right there. For a lot of people there's a confrontation that's already taking place in the mind. You have to be able to rightly answer, does God speak to us? For this passage to make any sense whatsoever. I'm here to tell you He does speak. He talks to us. He speaks to us. His desire is to take any barrier out of our life that would keep us from hearing His voice, that would hinder our voice from reaching His ears. And that can happen, by the way. God is speaking to us. I will hear what the Lord will say. Now the rest of the verse reads like this. For He will speak peace to His people. He will speak peace to His godly ones. And let them not return back to folly. The literal definition of folly is stupidity. So if we take that passage of Scripture and we let it minister to us, we're going to find something that, one, God's talking to us, and two, that the words that He's giving us are giving us direction. They're giving us direction out of stupidity, out of folly, out of frustration, out of failure, out of heartache, out of headache, out of all of those things that are not productive, and into peace. Into peace. Into peace. I can't think of any problems that could possibly exist in my life that peace wouldn't be a great solution for. Peace relationally, peace financially, peace in any way, shape, or form is a pretty good solution. you got to love that shalom, huh? And God is interested. He's devoted to, through His love and His faithfulness, bringing that peace into our life through His counsel, His direction, His wisdom. So here's a few passages of Scripture. I know sometimes we talk about cause and effect, but I want us to think of before and after, right? Before and after. Consider these passages out of the Psalms: Psalm 119, verse 67, it reads like this. I once was afflicted and went astray, but now I keep your word. That but now means there's no more affliction. There's no more being astray. I once was afflicted. I was lost. I had no direction. I was absolutely astray. I was homeless. I had no belonging, no purpose. I was a wanderer. I was lost. But now, but now is this complete turnaround of everything that came before. No more being lost. No more being astray. No more affliction. But now, and all of this but now is the result of one thing, keeping your word. I once was all of these terrible things that were miserable, that had me hating my life. But now, but now all of that's changed. All because I do one thing, I keep your word. Psalm 119 verse 81, it reads like this. My soul languishes. Have you ever languished for something? Let me preach a little longer and you'll soon be languishing for lunch. Yes. Yes. My soul languishes for victory. How many of you want to see victory? Listen, there's things I want to see victory for in my life. There's things I want to see victory for in the life of the body of Christ. There's things I want to see victory for in the lives of individuals that I encounter on the streets. There's a hunger inside of us to see the victory of God. There's an appetite inside of us to see the works of the devil destroyed and to see the kingdom of God expanded. If there wasn't, I don't believe you would be here this morning. I think there are much easier places to go to church, if at all. But we're here and there's something stirring. Souls are languishing and languishing for the victory of God. Now let me finish this passage. My soul languishes for victory, so I wait for your word. It's God's word that's going to bring that victory to pass. It's a word from God that's going to satisfy that hunger and that appetite for victory. I mean, I like to look at the word, and I know that the word says, don't add to, don't take away. But I like to apply it to my life. And my sons, they do this game. Have you ever done like the Mad Libs where you just add words in places, and then you have a crazy story? I like to take the scripture and do some things like that. My soul languishes for your victory in this area. So I wait for Your word. And you can fill in the blank with whatever you want. My soul languishes for your victory in my marriage. So I wait for Your word. My soul languishes for your victory with my children. So I wait for Your word. My soul languishes for victory in my finances. So I wait for Your word. My soul languishes for victory in my sanity. So I wait for Your word. That word is meant to be more than just the equivalent to a spiritual fortune cookie. It's meant to be a step-by-step instruction for us to abide by. I want to see victory here, so I know what I need. I need to find a word from God concerning that situation. And I'll wait for that before I do anything else. I'm not going to try it my way. I'm going to find out what God says about it, and then we're going to do it that way. I want to give another passage of Scripture here as we move forward. To confirm how big of a priority it is for us to come to a place where we see the voice of God, the Word of God, directing our steps. It's a big deal, and I'll preach it with passion, but I can tell you, the Word itself reveals it as a life or death situation. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 20, it says, You will perish if you don't listen to the voice of the Lord. That's pretty severe, isn't it? And I know that I'm alive and well and standing here before you, but I can tell you that scripture is absolutely true. There's things that I've done on my own, where I've not waited for what God says. I've not served in the capacity that God's called me to. I've not followed his instructions, but I decided to do things my way, and those things never turned out good. If there were even one that did, I'd be happy to share it with you, but there's none. But then there's the times where, against all odds and against all worldly counsel, we applied the things that God would say to do. And I can give you countless situations or circumstances where there was victory. It's an amazing thing to consider. That God's giving us instruction for success. And He's giving us instruction for success through His Word. Both written and spoken. And by the way, that's not a new thing. That's always been that way. Written and spoken. In fact, the Word was spoken before it was ever written. And the only reason why it was ever written was because it was spoken. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. God's talking. He talks to us. Here are some benefits to hearing God's voice. Whether it's written, whether it's spoken, here are some benefits to hearing God's voice. I want to give you four of them. These aren't the only four. I think these four are pretty cool. I think they're worth writing down. I think they're worth reading in your own time. I think they're worth celebrating. But here's a few benefits of hearing the voice of God. One, hearing the voice of God is the key to health. I'll give you a passage of Scripture. This is God's Word. It's not mine. If you don't like this passage of Scripture, you're welcome to take it up with Him. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Here's how it reads. Exodus 15, 26. It reads like this. If. Can you say if? Okay, if is a powerful word here. It's introducing condition. Meaning that this is not a lock. It's not a guarantee. When the condition is fulfilled then this result will come to pass. That's the condition. If, if, if you, now you is you, you is me, you is us, it's good English. If you, if you will listen to the voice of the Lord. I love the word will. Oftentimes we use the word will and we just kind of blow past it. Meaning that, well, they're they're going to do it. Because they will do it. They're going to do it. But that word will is powerful. God gave you a will. He will never touch your will. He gives us choices. If you will, if you will to, meaning there's going to be things pulling against you. You might not even want to. There's going to be counsel that says don't do it. You're a fool. Don't waste your time. But if you will to fight against all that's pulling you back, if you will will to do it, if you will listen to the voice of the Lord, here comes the result. If you'll listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what he says, this is God speaking. I'll put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. What an awesome passage of scripture! And if there's any difficulty reconciling that, I said earlier you can take it up with God, and I don't mean that sarcastically, because this is difficult. We know people who've suffered disease or sickness. I personally know a lot. But if this is a difficult thing for you to reconcile, I would love to help and pursue God as to how this passage of Scripture applies to that situation. But I can tell you that's a promise that He's made to us. And I believe that promise with all of my heart. Here's another benefit of hearing God's voice. Hearing God's voice is a key to prosperity. Prospering. Being fruitful. I'll give you a passage of Scripture here for your notes. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 4 through 6. Again, it's God talking and He makes this statement. And it could be hard for us to hear this because of things we've experienced or people we know. But here's a promise. There will be no poor among you since the Lord will surely bless you if, can you say if? Yeah, Yeah, if only you'll listen obediently to the voice of the Lord your God. He'll bless you as He's promised you. I can tell you that passage of Scripture has come to pass in my life. I've seen God open up doors to prosperity that were absolutely miraculous. I remember one time there was a season of my life that didn't feel like a season. It felt like an eternity. It was about nine months, but it was nine months where I'd never had more bills in my life and had absolutely zero revenue. No savings, no nothing. And as that time began, I remember wondering, oh my goodness. And I did. I got a word from God concerning that situation. A spoken word at that. I had a number of written words that I was standing on because the words filled with words on financial blessing and prosperity. But I remember asking God, what are you doing? Which is a pretty fun question to ask God. What are you doing? I know that my life is not out of control. I know it's not out of your hands at this point. Though the world would love to tell me that that's the case. But I would like to know, what are you doing? And you know what he told me? I'll tell you what he told me. He said, I'm getting you out of debt. And you want to know what I said back to that? I said, well, you got a funny way of doing that. I was more into like winning the lottery or something like that. I thought that would be a great way to do it. And he taught me something over that time that was a hard thing to learn. But looking back, I look at it and I realize that's really incredible. And I'd love to just say, and it was really fun to walk through. It wasn't, it was really terrifying. But through that terror, I learned some things, I saw some things, I saw that he really is interested in my day to day living. There was a time where I need I had a need, and it was a big need. And that need had a timeline. And now, I'm not a Facebook guy, if you guys haven't figured that out. So I'm not on Facebook, you know, telling everyone, believe in God for my miracle today. I hope God does something, wink, wink, you know. I'm just sitting at home. Thinking, well, God, you got about eight hours. And my doorbell rings. Ding dong. And I go to the door, and it's a man that I know. A really good man, but by reputation, not a super spiritual guy. Probably about spiritual as tabletop right here. But I'm telling you, God will use everyone and anyone. God can make a man spiritual like that. This guy is at my door and I'm thinking, what's he doing here? And he's standing there, you know, so I open the door. And he just talks. I I did say hello. I did greet him. And then he just talked as if he was reading a script at gunpoint. (laughs) Hello. God told me to bring you this, so I am. Here. He hands it to me, and then he, he leaves. He goes and gets in his car, and he drives off. It was a big need. And what he handed me was everything to cover that need plus 10%. I went to the bank, and I separated the tithe, and then I went and met that need. It was absolutely, profoundly amazing. And there's all kinds of times like that, you know. And by the way, I don't mind showing my clay feet. You can talk about those things like you go home, fill the tub, and walk on water. And the truth is, I was terrified during that time. But I just knew this is what God said, so we're doing it. And He came through. So health and prosperity, here's another one. Now this is one we got to think in reverse a little bit, but you can do that, right? It's the key to purpose, Joshua chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5 verse 6 reads like this. The sons of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all of the nation, that is the men who came out of Egypt, perished because, can you say because? Okay. The perishing is the effect. The wandering around is the effect. The because is about to reveal the cause for that effect because they did not listen to the voice of the Lord. And I like to look at that verse a little further. I mean, the perishing is just the result of time going by. God could have just wiped them out if he wanted them to perish. Hey, guys, we're on a timeline here. Promised Land's right over there. You guys are out, you guys are in. They perished because time went by. So the problem here isn't perishing. The problem here is wandering around aimlessly. Not getting to where God's calling me to get. I know He's got a destiny for my life. He's got a purpose, a a promise. But you know, here I am just walking in circles. Right about time I think I get there, I take a turn and then I'm back the other way. Wandering around all because they didn't listen to the voice of the Lord. You and I have the voice of God in our life to set our compass straight, to lead us in the direction we should go to get to the promise that He has for our lives. And if we'll listen to that voice, we'll get there. It's when we don't listen to it. It's when we decide the voice of another has better instruction or our own compass should guide us for a while that we find ourselves wandering off the path and losing our purpose. So hearing God's voice, health and prosperity, purpose, these are all benefits. And then here's another one. I think this one's really awesome. God's voice is the source of victory. Victory. I got to tell you something. Maybe God put some things inside of me that might be defined as a little competitive. And if they were unredeemed, they could really be destructive. But I got news for you. I like to win. I really do. So when I see a promise that God's bringing victory into my life, i got to tell you, it gets me excited. Victory. Take this one down for your notes. Exodus chapter 23, verse 22. Now you can read the whole story here. It involves God establishing an angel to direct. But the more you read, you can see that it's actually God here that's doing the talking. So I may paraphrase the verse a bit, but you read it in your own time, you'll find that it's not changed a bit. Exodus chapter 23 verse 22, if you'll obey his voice and do all that I say, now the his here is the angel, the angel of the Lord, the I is God. So this is God talking, God saying, if you'll obey what I say, if you'll obey what I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. What an amazing if, though. Conditional, if. If you'll obey my voice. If you will obey my voice, then your enemies don't stand a chance. Because your enemies, it sounds a little mafia, doesn't it? Then your enemies will be my enemies. And your adversary will become my adversary. (laughs) But what a promise. Conditional. We've got to listen. We've got to respond. And we will respond to the voice of God that he's so lovingly pouring out there. Because he refuses to tamper with or touch our will. Because he's leaving us the choice and the decision. Because there's absolutely no love if he controls us. And he is love. Giving us these options to choose is one of the greatest manifestations of who He is in His perfect love for us. I told you before we're going to find out what always succeeds. We're about to find that out. I want you to take down a couple of passages here. I'll give you one first. Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to look at verse 8. Now, this is a really poetic scripture. I love the scripture. I think it's great for for songs and for meditation. But I really want to think about it this morning beyond the poetry. Kind of read between the lines a little bit. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, it reads like this, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God, it stands forever. Now, I've dabbled a little bit in landscaping recently. So I know about withering grass and fading flowers. Withering grass and fading flowers are the result of seasonal changes. Time going by. So there's something here being revealed to us that we're walking through seasons. Seasons where things change. But there's one thing that's never, ever going to change, and it's the Word of God. It's the reason why we can stand upon it, because it's not going to change. It's not going to shake. It's not going to shift. It's not going to move. It's always going to be there, and it's always going to remain steady and perfect. Now, the things that we deal with are the grass and the flowers. They fade and they change. The problems that you might face today aren't going to be the problems you face tomorrow, because seasons are going to change. That's one of the reasons why I don't like trophies, by the way. I don't like awards and trophies. Because they can lie to you. The things that we won back then aren't the things we're fighting today. Seasons change. All those things change. But one thing stays the same, and it's the Word of God. When we can function in the Word of God, when we can celebrate the Word of God, when we can operate in the Word of God, we are functioning, operating, and celebrating absolute consistency. Total stability. Now, what always succeeds, I'll give you this in the scripture here. You might want to look this up because it says some incredible things before and after. In fact, it's just an all-around amazing chapter of the scripture. So powerful in some places. There are parts of the world where Christianity is resisted, and this chapter out of Isaiah is not allowed to be read. That's how potent, that's how powerful the words and the inspiration, the prophecy in this chapter are. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Now, the verse that we're going to look at is verse 11. I really encourage you, read it in your own time. It's amazing. Let the Holy Spirit reveal awesome things out of it to you. But as for us and where we're going today and we need to get there sooner rather than later, we're going to read Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. Now it's God speaking here and He's talking about His Word. Remember His Word written and spoken, one and the same. He's talking about His Word and here's what He has to say about it. He opens up by talking about the rainfall. You know, the rain comes down. And it waters the earth. And it gives seed to the sower. And it gives bread to the eater. And then here in verse 11, he compares his spoken word to that rainfall. That thing that inspires and makes provision for all of our needs to be met. In verse 11, he says this, So will my word, which goes out of my mouth, He's comparing it to the rain. So it'll be just like that. The same way the rain comes down and it brings about seed for the sower, bread for the eater, the same way that that happens, my word, when it leaves my mouth, it's going to do the same thing. And then he goes on to say this, and this is where we could get really excited as believers. It will not. Will you say will not? Yeah, will not. It will not. Not might not. Not could not. But it will not. It will not return. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire. And here's how I finish it. And without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Now that's, that's one that I would underline. I mean, here's what we've got to realize when we read this. One, God's sending His Word. He's sending it. It's not just out there like a puzzle and we're kind of like, well, I think that one will be a nice application and that one. But He's interested in what you're going through. He's interested in your life. He's interested in your successes. He's interested in your failures. He's interested in all of the things that make up who you are. And He's sending His Word into every aspect of your living. He's sending it. Have you ever sent something to someone? It's intentional. Unless you have my phone and then you've probably been pocket dialed a few times by me. If you ever get that I don't know what's up with my new phone. But he's sending something intentional. I mean, I've sent a few things, and you package it, and you write down the address, specific address, where it's going to go, the person that it's going to, and then you, you know that you're going to put it in the hands of those that are capable to carry it, and that you can trust that they won't tamper with it. It'd be a violation for it to be tampered with or stolen. And then it travels from the sender to the one receiving. And the one receiving gets it, opens it up, and there it is. God's sending His Word into your life. For you, specifically. For the things that you're going through, dealing with, walking through. And not just the hard things. God loves to celebrate with us. He loves to be part of all the good times and the great things. But he's sending his word, and that word will always bring about success. Isn't that awesome? I mean, there's a part of me that thinks that maybe we need to invest in a little applause sign like they have in some of the television studios. And right about then, I would look to the sound booth and give them that sign, and they would just flash it, yeah, because I think that's worth cheering about. I'm going to send my word into your life and it's not going to fall short. It's not going to come back to me without having accomplished what I sent it for. It's going to bring about success. I love that. Now then, how do we get that? How do I get that word into my life? Now, that's important. We're going to take the next few minutes and cover a lot of ground here because I want us to get to the point of this. God's sending His word into my life. How do I get that? Prayer. Prayer is how we get those things, and this is a a personal conviction based on interpretation of some scriptures that I want to share with you. First of all, we need to understand, and we can get excited about this, prayer is a learned behavior. Prayer is a learned behavior. I mean, I, I think this is great. Like, the disciples went to Jesus, and they said, hey, teach us to pray, and he didn't say, sorry, you either got it or you don't. So prayer is not like a spiritual gift or something like that where you're like, ooh, that person has really got the gift of prayer. But it's, it's a learned behavior. But Practice makes perfect. The more you relate with someone, the easier it is to talk to them. The more time you spend with them, the more natural the communication and the flow. But prayer is meant to be more than just us talking to God. Prayer is meant to be conversational. And that's where we can run into a brick wall. If we've never been exposed to that or we've never been taught that, our journey can meet an obstacle right there. There are countless Christians that have never been encouraged or taught that God wants to speak to them, but yet they're told, hey, go talk to God, go pray. But could you imagine a relationship in your life where you talk to this person and they never talk back to you? I got news for you. I get in trouble for that at home in my marriage. Oh, I do. I'll come home tired and sit down, and Ashley just goes into how was this and that, and what did you do? And, you know what she asked me one time? We had a men's event. Can I tell them? Are you okay? Okay, I repent in advance. <laughs> we, we had a men's event. It was a great men's event. Lots of, lots of guys were there. You know what she asked me? I'm sitting there, you know, and it's late, and I'm tired. I've been working all day. Went to that event, and then i got to get up the next morning. Here's what she asked. She said, well, who do you think enjoyed it the most? I'm thinking, my God, are you serious? <laughs> we ate chili. The chili was good. People were there and then it ended. That's how it worked, you know. But that's, that's true. If we have relationships that are meant to be conversational and there's meant to be reciprocated fellowship, when that's denied, it's really bad for the relationship. And we've trained people to have that kind of fellowship with God. We'll just go talk to him. He's not going to talk back, but you can just go tell him all your problems. And here's the problem with that. God is talking back, and he's giving responses to all of those problems. I was trained to grow up and pray and tell God what I need, and then he would do it. I've come to find out that's not really how it works, a lot of times anyway. But I'll go and I'll tell God my problem, then he'll tell me what to do. He'll tell me how to respond. He'll tell me how to fix it. He'll give me advice and give me counsel. That's why his name is Wonderful Counselor. He's not interested in us just saying, hey, I need help here, and he'll take care of it. He's a good father, and I'm raising my sons, not to be spoiled or weak. They're nine years old now, but one day they'll be 18. They'll be able to vote. And I know right now, If I do everything for them, it's not doing them any favors, but I can tell them what to do. Son, I know you want help with that, but let me tell you how to do it, and then you go take off and do it, and I'll be watching from here. It's going to work out. And God's functioning like this in our lives. He's giving us counsel and direction. So here's a few passages concerning prayer. Psalm 119 verse 169. It reads like this. Psalm 119, 169. Let my cry come before you and give me understanding according to your word. Let my cry come before you. That's let me talk and then let your word come to me. That's you talk and give me understanding according to your word. That should be a description of our prayer life. I'm going to talk to you. You're going to talk to me and I'm going to walk away better than I came to you. I'm going to walk away more aware of what to do. I'm going to walk away empowered with direction and counsel. Psalm 119 verse 170. Let my prayer come before you and deliver me according to your word. Now see, I like this passage because it's not let my prayer come before you and deliver me. But it's let my prayer come before you and deliver me by giving me your word hey, here's my problem. I need to know what to do. Can you please reveal what to do so I can go empowered by your spirit and anointed with the mind of Christ to bring about solution in this problem? Deliver me according to your word. Psalm 28, verse 1. To you, O Lord, I call. You're my rock. Don't be deaf to me. If you're silent to me, I will become like those who go down to the pit. That sounds discouraging. But I want to consider what he's saying here as he's talking to God. He's saying, I'm going to cry out to you. To you I call. I'm coming to you in prayer. I'm going to talk to you. Don't be deaf to me. I mean, hear my prayer. But the concern about being heard is not as weighty as the concern of hearing back. I'm coming to you in prayer. Don't be deaf to me. And do not be silent to me. Don't let me not hear you. Because the moment I stop hearing you, I become like a dead man. I become powerless. No matter what I do, my efforts are in vain. I can struggle and try and beat my head against the wall. I can give everything I have thinking I'm doing something noble and righteous and it's just dust in the wind. But I want to talk to you I want you to hear what I say. And then please, so that I can be alive, so that I can live and be effective, let me hear what you say back. Give me direction and give me counsel. I want to stop there for today. I want to finish this next week. My concern would be we would rush through a lot of things here that I think are very important. And I think we can do something really awesome You know, have a little fun with the little break here. And believe God for something between today and next Sunday. Take the time to let that define our prayer life. I'm going to carve out time. And I'm going to let that be my guide in my prayer life with my Heavenly Father. Father, I want to talk to you. But I know that talking to you is just half of it. I'm asking... In Jesus' name, let my ears be open to hear you. Let it come off the page in your word. Let it ring out in my heart your spoken word in my life. I surrender to the Holy Spirit to bring to my memory the things that Jesus has spoken so that I can have your counsel in this matter and then devote my life to bringing your counsel to pass. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at champschurch.org.